1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The Championship hold their divisional reconstruction meeting as James Anderson's donation heads closer to completion. More players head for the exit door, including Vaclav Hladke and Stephen McGinn at St Mirren. And we hear from some of the released players on what life could look like without a club during the pandemic. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me on the show tonight is Gordon DL. Yes, good evening, Andrew. Yes, can James Anderson be the saviour for Scottish football? Uh, I think a lot of clubs are keeping their fingers crossed out there uh, Andrew, 42 clubs involved in it uh, About to put a lot of money in Good talks with Neil Doncaster Positive talks So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in the next few days And you rightly said they're just picking up the paper Every single day More and more footballers losing their jobs It's incredible Plenty to talk about tonight Plenty to get our teeth into So why don't you join us as well Anything you want to have a talk about Please keep it football related That would be nice 0141 951 1025 is the number you need Or you can send us a tweet At Clyde SSB I think you had a bit of a skip in your step When you came into the office today I've not seen you so happy It must be because the golf's back The golf is back Yes I'm uh, playing a few rounds And obviously out on the bike I met Alison today So the super scoreboard team Are trying to keep As fit as they possibly can Gordon doing a lot of Walking a lot of uh, golfing as well now. Uh, now he's got a break for a few weeks, so uh, all fit and healthy, Andrew. And I just hope her game starts back in August, fit and healthy. There we go. That's the thing because it could be nice and healthy. Because obviously, the big talking point from over the weekend is that Edinburgh-based businessman James Anderson is getting well ever closer to handing over a large donation to the SPFL. It looks as if it's going to be spread amongst the forty-two member clubs, and he now appears to be the face of what is actually a group of benefactors willing to put this money in. It kind of came out of nowhere over the weekend, mm. Gordon, but really positive news. Yeah, it's great news, uh, especially for a lot of the lower clubs. I think they'll be struggling just now. They'll be hoping that this can get can through. Be interesting how the money would be divided, first and foremost, but at least we've got a starting point. I think when, you know, the alarm bells right away was when Anne Budge was involved. You know, she was a middle person that was going to uh, put things through to Neil Doncaster and then all of a sudden James Anderson's had a chat with Doncaster and come out and said that it doesn't matter because Anderson's got an interest in hearts. We all know that. So the alarm bells would be ringing right away. But Neil Doncaster's come out and said, look, this would be nothing to do with hearts, situation, reconstruction. So put that to aside. It's about someone that looks at Scottish football and thinks, can I help? And I think the answer is yes. It is an interesting point because, you know, what do people say? You you don't get something for nothing. Mm. And a lot of people, you know, the way we are in this uh, part of the world, some people are a bit suspicious. They think that, you know, there, there must be something behind it. But on the face of it, from what we've been told, from what Anne Budge has said, it, it does appear that it is a no-strings-attached offer. You can only take people at their word just now. Um... I think that reconstruction, if it does go through, Andrew, then I think a lot of people will come out and ask a lot of questions. Obviously, with James Anderson getting involved, he's put money into Hearts. We all know that. He knows Anne Budge very, very well. Done a lot of dealings. Uh, Hearts are desperate to keep the status in the, the, the top league. So it'll be really interesting to see how reconstruction goes. But put that aside... We have heard from Neil Doncaster saying, look, 
Nothing to do with that. It's about, you know, trying to save clubs. It's about trying to get money into clubs and help them. And not just the lower clubs, 42 clubs, Andrew. And I think everybody would welcome that just now financially. You look at the amount of footballers that are going out of clubs just now. Hearts, 15, plus obviously two directors of football. I think that's good news for Hearts. You look at Motherwell, 10. You're looking at St Mirren with the quality of the goalkeeper and everyone going out there. Kilmarnock have been the same. It's incredible the amount of footballers now I'll be worried about where does their next contract come from? Because we actually thought that the big news this week would maybe be about reconstruction because these divisional meetings were being held this week. The Premiership yesterday, the Championship today... Uh, I believe it's League One and League Two tomorrow, but it's kind of been taken over by this story mm. and clubs today. Championship clubs were in that meeting. I'm led to believe that they were getting an update on the James Anderson money. And, you know, I, I'm told that this money could be ready to be dished out amongst clubs within two to three days, which is extremely promising and, and positive news because in a time where, you know, clubs don't know when their, where their next income is going to come from because fans aren't coming through gates. We don't know when games are going to be replayed again, certainly in the lower divisions. If they can get a lump sum put into their bank accounts, it will just really help. Well, it's a game changer for a lot of clubs, Andrew. I think that uh, uh, we were thinking by the time the start of season comes around, will they still be 42 clubs? Uh, I don't think they would have been. So James Anderson's a big player in this and if we can get money through to these clubs, I don't know how it's going to be uh, put out there. I don't know what how they're going to divide it up with the 42 clubs. But any money at all is welcome. But what I will say is the incredible support of support uh, fans just now at football clubs. You go and look at most clubs and the season tickets. Now, you're not even guaranteed to go and sit and watch a game in August because it'd probably be behind closed doors. Games might not even start. And yet fans... When money is so, so difficult to come by Are doing everything they can To put money into club To save their club You look at the season tickets to now Especially with teams like Motherwell not, The season tickets are through the roof Incredible support from Once again The most important people in the game The supporters Well we want to hear your thoughts at home 01419511025 That is the number that Liam A Celtic fan in Airdrie has rang Liam uh, hi there, Andrew. Uh, thanks for taking my call. No worries. Uh, I got a bit of a different slant on this. I know Gordon sounded very positive about this James Anderson guy coming in. Now, I'll be honest, I never heard the guy until yesterday, but I just want to throw a few names out there for you. Vladimir Romanov, Charles Green, Craig White, the Benetti brothers at Dundee. These were all self-proclaimed rich men who said they were going to come into Scottish football and, and improve the game and improve their clubs. But what actually happened was they ended up nearly destroying their clubs now, again, I'm not saying this guy's going to do that, but what I'm saying is you said yesterday that, you know, uh, this is an offer too good to refuse. Well, I, I think I need to point out to you what movie that's a quote from, The Godfather. And it didn't really work out well for anyone in the end. I am not comfortable with some billionaire, so self-proclaimed philanthropist, I can't get the word out, coming out and saying, oh, you know, I'm going to be the, the white knight saviour of Scottish football. No, there's not going to be any consequences. You don't have to pay anything back. There's just free money. I'm not buying it. Billionaires don't become billionaires by simply giving away their money. It just doesn't work that way. I know you can be sceptical, Liam, sorry. I, I totally understand your point. But you're talking about past guys coming in and putting money into football and saying what they were going to do to Scottish football. That was buying clubs. 
individual clubs. Yeah, these people were all investing in yes. football clubs, whereas this just appears it's, to be a, a donation that, I, is, that I, is given yes. with nothing in return. Yeah, so we've got to, we've got to, we can't just turn around and all of a sudden dismiss this. We've got to, Neil Doncaster has got to sit down round and have a chat with this lad, James Anderson. I don't know him as well, he's just come out of the blue for me, but if, it, if it's a possibility that he will put money in, not to one club, to the 42 clubs, then I think we've got to make sure we listen to everything that comes out of his mouth and then take it from there. Yeah, it's obviously, you know, people will have to approach this with caution because, you know, if, if it's not someone that, you know, people from Scottish clubs know that well, they naturally will. Mm-hmm. But it is clear to see that he is very different from the people that Liam mentioned. Yeah, he's not walking in and demanding to take why, why, over a football club. Andrew, if you don't mind me interrupting, why, why do you know for definite he's different than those other guys? Just because Is it because he's Scottish? Well, I'm, I mean, say, I'm saying, I'm saying the situation is completely different. These people mm. are going into football clubs and investing their money, and when you invest money, you are still looking I for something in th- return. I don't think that anyone's... I can understand what Liam's saying, but I don't think that anyone's saying that James Anderson will he be the saviour of Scottish football. I don't know the answer to that. But... The crisis that we're in and this, the situation that clubs are in, I think that if someone comes knocking at your door, you've got to give them the courtesy to sit down and listen to what they have to say. And if it is a deal that's there to be done that will help Scottish football, then I've, I think you've got to sit down and try and work something out with this guy. And something that Liam said as well, you know, you, you need to be cautious of a guy that comes in and, and wants to be the, the saviour, the, the face of Scottish football. By all accounts, it looks as if James Anderson didn't actually want to be named. It looks mm. as if he actually wanted to just be kept anonymous. And, you know, through different avenues, it's come to light who he is. So now he is the face of it. But it looked originally like he didn't actually want his name to be known in all of this. No, but it's out there now. Um, nothing's a secret, especially in football. Um, I just think we've got to, in the circumstances, sit down. It, it could be... Nonsense. It could end up that, you know, Neil Doncaster turns around and says, look, we, we spoke to James Anderson, we listened to what I had to say, we don't think it's the right uh, thing for Scottish football, the right way to go forward, the clubs could turn around and say, no, it's not for us. There's, there's a lot of talking to be done. But just now, if you're a club and you're sitting and you're thinking, where's the next money coming from? My club has got a chance of going under and you hear about someone, James Anderson and other investors coming in and saying, look, we're prepared to help. Surely you have got a right to sit down and hear what they have to say. Liam, have you just written this off or you know, are you open to the idea that you know that this could be what it is on face value, that it could just be money that is being given to, to help the clubs? I just, I, just, I just find it very difficult, Andrew, to buy that, that this billionaire... You know, has suddenly. Why, why is he only now coming to the woodwork? You know, it's not as if Scottish football hasn't needed money for a long time. I know that the coronavirus is a deadly situation for us, but Scottish clubs have been running on fumes for a long time now. So why is he only now just coming out of the woodwork? Is it not got anything to do with the fact that he's Anne Budge's pal and Anne Budge doesn't want Hearts to go down? I mean, is that not something that has to actually be considered? Funny, funny you should say that, Liam. I was actually thinking about that today because. If you're sitting and you're maybe Neil Doncaster and reconstruction does get the green light, then I think, like Liam, there'll be a lot of people out there saying, yeah, this has been a fix. This is a case of Anderson coming in and offering money to make sure that Hearts are saved. Because we know that Anderson's been involved with Hearts before. But 
We have heard it today Whether you want to believe it or not That's completely up to you We've heard it today That this is not the case So I just think the situation And why has he not put money in before I don't think we've ever been in this position before And hopefully never ever again um, So I welcome the fact that someone's prepared to come and at least sit around the table and chat and say, look, I've got an offer. It doesn't mean say we, we're going to take it, uh, Scottish football's got to take it, but at least it gives clubs a bit of hope. It's very important just to be open-minded, not to jump to conclusions with something like this, because, you know, when you look on social media, you, you hear some callers, it seems as if they've already made their mind up that there is something more to mm. this cash, but... James Anderson, we believe, has, has put money into Hearts previously. There's about £9 million over the past few seasons that has just been given to Hearts, nothing wanted in return. It could well just be the case that this is happening with Scottish football as well. Yeah, but it doesn't... I, I, I totally understand people's point of view by looking at Ann Budge come out at the beginning and says, look, I'm the go-between. So alarm bells start ringing then. Of course, it's just nature for everyone. And James Anderson's been involved Putting money into Hearts Hearts are on their knees They're desperate to stay in the top flight So all of a sudden You start putting the numbers together And you can come up with Whatever you want to do Andrew Now I'll always go with the fact That I'll give people the benefit of doubt I've listened to Neil Doncaster Saying look Absolutely that is not a condition It's a separate issue here And if that's the case, and James Anderson and his investors are prepared to put money in that helps your Scottish club, then I'm sorry, I'm all for it. Well, thank you to Liam and Airdrie. 01419511025 on the phones. George is a Rangers fan in Motherwell. George? Hi, hi, Gordon. Hi, Andrew. Hi, George. Hi. Well, my my biggest issue with this guy, it's it's about why the money was distributed um, at the beginning to end this league to give the clubs all the money to help them through this pandemic and then all of a sudden this guy appears to nowhere wants to help Scottish football out where, where is Neil Doncaster and uh, Murdoch McClenaghan coming in with their titles uh, being chief executive and chairman to get sponsorship money into this um, league now I was listening to the last call earlier as well being a bit sceptical now if this had happened in any other league down south, abroad, we as a press and a media would be jumping on us and saying, no, listen, there's something a bit shady with this guy, no one in his guns. And Andrew said there as well, when you want to invest in a club, you look for a return. You tell me who's had a return in Scotland football investment-wise, rather than probably Celtic and Dermot Desmond in this conglomerate there. There's no other Scottish club or um, director that had a return for their investment. Now, there's just something, just a wee bit iffy with this at this moment in time. It sits with me. And as I said, there was a big hullabaloo about ending the season to give these clubs all their money to see them through this pandemic. Now, we need more money. Again, it's ought to be, put your cards on the table, be transparent. There's just something sticks to high heavens with this with me. The only thing, George, I'll say... They ended the season and the clubs voted to end the season, right? First and foremost. It wasn't not Neil Doncaster, it was the clubs that voted. And yeah, I think I think now sorry. looking at hold on, George, I think looking at it, it was the right decision. Get the money out there and help save the clubs. But the problem is we do not know when we're going to start back football with supporters on the ground. And a lot of clubs are struggling. Now, the alarm bells have already started going for me. You look at the, some of the top teams like Motherwell. 
10 players Hearts 15 players I know that they've gone Into the championship There's a chance Where reconstruction Might stay You look at the amount Of players This is the season The only season That I've sat And I've watched So many players And not Not Players that Couldn't do your turn In, in your team Good quality players Leaving teams Because we Because teams cannot afford To put contracts out there Can't take the gamble Can't take the risk We don't know if we'll be playing Probably will be Behind closed doors at the beginning We don't know if the Bedford Cup Would go ahead for the Lower league teams To try and get back playing How do they sign players So any investment Yes of course There's always going to be questions There's always going to be the Well and budgets involved In the Hearts reconstruction Totally understand all that But have we not surely get the right to sit down and when somebody taps your door, at least give them the courtesy to listen to what they have to say and then make the decision. But why, because my point is, why was this investment not done last year? Why was it done all of a sudden after the leagues had been decided? Yeah, by each member, by each club. But that was that was advised by, do you know what? We need to um, get this money out to these clubs to help them survive, to start this next season, to get bodies in. Now the beer clubs are saying, do you know what? We, we can't even play this Betfred League in July or August because we're not anybody in. So, in one hand, they're telling us one thing, another thing, saying, well, can you get the money out of there? But, unfortunately, guys, they're your money, but you're still closed doors to maybe October, November. So, I, I, don't, I don't know why, again, it goes back to why it was decided there and then that we had to, within a week, decide the league decisions. Well, you've got to you've got to put that to the the clubs. Plus, the fact you've got to you got to have the decision in for UEFA as well. Um, the clubs all voted for it, George. Um, you know, the lower clubs they obviously they decided earlier because they needed more financial money quickly, um, in the top teams. But once again, I'll go back to it. What do we do with James Anderson? Do we just say no, no, no? There's something in this. Let's dismiss this. And we'll not bother about sitting around the table and having a chat with you. I'm not saying it's a 100% gore. I'm saying it's worth sitting down. And if you're Neil Doncaster on the board, sit down and say, right, what is the situation here? What's the money? How's it divided? We don't even know for the 42 clubs how this is going to be divided. Um, what is it you're looking for? And if it's a case of, no, I'm here to try and help Scottish football as a, a, a possibly the best I can, when it's probably... Needed more than any other time Then I think you've got a duty To sit down and talk to Thank you to George in Motherwell 01419511025 Time for you to get involved You could be on after the travel Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Experienced players who know how to win Talk to Thompson's.com Gordon DL here with me, Andrew McLean on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. In a second, we'll get Gordon's thoughts on the uh, Scottish Football Writers Player of the Year nominees and Young Player of the Year. Man, you just rolled your eyes at me there. Yeah, it's always <laughs> a difficult one. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever get, agrees with the pundits Player of the Year or Young Player of the Year. It's just another thing for people to disagree with you yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But love that. That's all it is. I think we started off on a bit of a negative note, though. There was quite a lot of. Uh, Suspicion towards the, the, the James Anderson deal I mean he, he does have previous for, for, for putting money into things um, I think the Edinburgh International Film Festival Scottish Opera Another couple of things that they put money into So it, as we said before it, it would be silly to just dismiss it as something 
with that the, it might not be With the state of Scottish football I think it'd be ridiculous To dismiss it Andrew I'm not saying it's a, a goer uh, I'm not saying that for one minute uh, You've got to find out exactly What the deal is And that's up to Neil Doncaster On the board to sit down And chat with the lad You've got to make sure You have that conversation And if it is money to put in To help our clubs Then as, as much as I know the fact that There's people out there talking about Well and Budge is involved in it There must be something in it for hearts Well we've already heard Neil Doncaster say No there's not That's a separate issue uh, Whether you want to believe that That's up to you once again But I just think that You've got to give the lad the courtesy If he's prepared to make a donation And it sounds like a large one I think you've got to listen to that 01419511025 if you want to get involved and if you want to disagree with Gordon's thoughts on the uh, Scootball, <laughs> Scottish Football Writers oh. Award nominees uh, as we found out yesterday the Player of the Year nominees two from Celtic in there Odson Edward and Callum McGregor Ranger striker Alfredo Morelos in the shortlist as well alongside Dundee United's Lauren Shankland any early favourites for you anyone you wouldn't have had in there anyone you would have had in there you're trying to set me up you know um <laughs> Well, I, th- I think the winner's in there, in my opinion. I think Edward deserves the player of the year, and I think he will win it. Um, not just for his goals. I think I've said it from day one this season. I think his overall play, uh, his link-up play and everything's been exceptional. He's improved in every department. He's a top, top player. Um, and I think that, you know, just looking at, you can put up an argument for the rest of the boys. I'm not too sure about and I'm not hopefully not being disrespectful here. I'm not too sure about Shankland and the Championship. I think if you look at the Premiership, but it's a harder league. I know the boys score goals and they got your Scotland cap. Totally understand that. I look at outside the box a little bit. Declan Gallagher at Motherwell, I think, and he's had a Scotland cap. I thought he's been magnificent this season. I think that other supporters of other clubs could, you know, that watch their team week in, week out, could maybe put a case for one or two. But you always go towards the bigger clubs. And I think looking at the player of the year, especially, not just, as I say, it always tends to try and lean towards the goal scorers, the guys that score the most goal, get the, get the headlines. Me personally, I think his overall play this season has been exceptional, Edward. Is that is that what you base on? I know some people just go for consistency across the season. Some people just go for who scored the most goals, but you're just trying to take everything into account. Well, I think if you look at it, he's got the the full package. He's he's banged the goals in. Uh, he's banged important goals in. Um, I just think that this season, his game, he's taking his game to another level. Andrew, he really has his link up play. Uh, you know, when I watched Edward at the beginning, he always played on the shoulder. He would always try and get in behind, a bit of pace, bit of power. Didn't really get involved with the link-up play from the middle of the part. Now when you see him, he drops deep, he causes problems, his touch is terrific, his awareness round about him is very, very good. Uh, I think this season, he's he's had the full package and I think that um, I'll be very surprised if he doesn't get it put that way. I mean, go through them. There's Callum McGregor as well. I mean, the sheer consistency of the amount of games he's played over the past few years as well is quite incredible. Yeah, just consistent, as you said. Um, I, I obviously think that he deserves to be in there. Morelis deserves to be in there. I know that people will argue, well, after, you know, January, start of January onwards to the league finish there, that he wasn't top form, he had these problems. But he's still a goal scorer. He played very well in in the European campaign. Scored a few goals there as well. 
So I think he deserves to be in there and merit. So I think Hugh was disagreeing with that. He didn't think that because it was only done in half a season and he dropped off in the second half of the season, he wasn't happy with Morelos being in there because he felt it should have been the whole yeah. season. But do you feel he did enough in the well, first half of the season to merit it? Uh, yeah, it wasn't a full season. Uh, season the season finished in March, so mm. it's not really a full season. Um, I can understand Hugh's point. Everybody's got their own point of view about this. Um, Morelos scored a lot of goals, scored a, a lot of important goals in Europe for, for Rangers as well. Got off to a terrific start. My vo- my vo- I thought at the beginning Ryan Christie was going to run away with it. Uh, he was in such great form. Um, but obviously f- through a few injuries and you know that didn't help him. Uh, they went for Shanklin because of you know the, the importance of the goals he scored for Dundee United in the Championship. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm delighted the boy got a captain scored as well. But I just think that there was other players probably out with Rangers and Celtic that probably deserved to be you know up there and getting a mention. Young Player of the Year nominees Alan Campbell at Motherwell I know a, a player you like a lot Yeah, Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen Ali McCann at St Johnston and Aaron Hickey at Hearts um, that's, a, that's a real difficult one Our argument for every one of them uh, they've been very very good this season consistent as well I like the look of the lad Hickey at Hearts I think he's a real asset I think he's I watched him in the cup final um, and it was the first time I'd actually seen him playing live and the boy took cramp after about 65 minutes and I was, he was right down in front of me playing left back and he kept going and kept going and kept going um, and I think he's getting better and uh, there's a lot of interest in the boy um, and especially with the situation Hearts are in I would probably see him moving away from Tynecastle, and I think he'll get a good move because he is a good player Campbell is just one of these guys that you can put your hat on in Motherwell you know, you know what you're getting from him. Uh, his work rate's incredible. Ferguson Aberdeen's had a real good season. Talk of him moving as well. Talk of maybe interest from Rangers. You know, so there's there've been a lot of good performances for younger players. Do you take age into it for young player? I know, I know. Obviously, you have to in terms of the award, but you look at the three of them. I think Alan Campbell, Lewis Ferguson, Ali McCann, all at least twenty years old. Aaron Hickey still only seventeen. Yeah, no, I don't think you do. Uh, I think you take who is most consistent over the season, uh, who sort of uh, made a bigger impact in the season. And I think Young Hickey, with the fact that the sort of clubs that are looking at him uh, and are really interested in signing them, uh, shows you they obviously made a massive impact. But I wouldn't argue with anyone, even the Bowie Mechanics. I wouldn't even argue with that. I think I've not seen a lot of him. But I just think that uh, the the young players there mentioned they've had a, a very, very good season and they deserve to be in there. And then the four manager of the year candidates, Stephen Robinson at Motherwell, Gary Holt at Livingston, Neil Lennon at Celtic and Dick Campbell at Arbroath. Yeah, well, Dick Campbell, he comes in for the player, uh, player of the year, manager of the year every year for the last 45 years, I think. He just does a, t- a remarkable job for a part-time club, no matter where he goes uh, up at Arbroath. But... You look at the candidates there, Neil Lennon, yeah, deservedly so for what he's achieved at Celtic. Um, Steve Robinson, brilliant for Motherwell, once again, bringing through some good young players, uh, finishing third. Uh, so that's a great achievement. And I think that Gary Holt deserves a big mention. I'm delighted to see him in there. He waited a long time to get back into football. He tried club after club and get rejected all the time. And then all of a sudden, Livingston decided, yeah, we'll take a chance. And Gary Hole, he's a terrific guy. I know him very, very well. I 
Terrific coach Works very very hard at the game And I'm delighted to see he's been nominated You can give us your thoughts on 01419511025 That's the number that Eddie in Postle Park has dialed Eddie? Hi there Just wondering what the panel's thoughts on that much as I don't agree With Orton Edward McGregor Morelos being up there Do you not think That Lewis Ferguson Since the Aberdeen Should have been in there Before Shanklin As much as the boy's a great player Can bury the ball In the back of the net But Lewis Ferguson Has had a great season For Aberdeen As well Do you not think That he should have been In the place of Shanklin Well I, I did say that um, and I need I don't Want to be disrespectful I'm not Because I think Shanklin I can't wait to see him In the Premier League Next year And I hope the boy Goes on and scores Amount of goals he's scoring just now, so I'm not really dismissing him because it was a championship. I just feel that, as Eddie said there, I think watching the Premier League this year has been a high standard, um, and I think there've been a lot of good quality players in that, and I think they probably deserve to be in that fourth pick rather than Lauren Shanklin, if you know what I mean. And uh, as I say, I'm not being disrespectful. To the boy, but I just think that Eddie says Ferguson there. I mentioned guys like Declan Gallagher as well. There've been guys at Livingston, Kamarnock, and and if you go and probably ask, you know, who's your player of year at your your clubs where it'd be Kamarnock and Johnson, and you found out the player of years, you'd be thinking, yeah, they had a terrific season as well. So I think I think a lot of players should have been in there, but unfortunately, sports writers can only pick four, and I think that the four they've got is good four. I think interestingly enough, Tommy Wright actually said that he felt that Ali McCann, this was before the, the award nominations came out, he felt that Ali McCann should be in, te- uh, in contention for the Young Player and Player of the Year award, which shows how highly he's rated by well, St Johnson. Well, Tommy, Tommy was working with him, uh, brought him through and everything like that, so uh, he knows him uh, very, very well. And, you know, he's he's... Very happy. He was very happy with the boy. He had a good season. As I say, I've not seen a lot of him compared to the other boys. Um, but he's been a big player for St. Johnston. He's nominated for Young Player of the Year. Um, so obviously they're recognising him, the sports writers. But you can only pick four and obviously four for a Young Player of the Year. So it's a good bunch and it'll be interesting to see who picks up the award. Final point to you, Eddie. Thank you. That was just all. I just wanted to see what the panel had thought on that solution there. As well, but I agree with everybody that's in it because there's been all standouts for me throughout the season because everyone's been goal scorer and given their all throughout the season. So that panel, their decision kind of clarifies my thoughts on it all there as well. Well, because I feel as if London Knights as well for Livingston had a really good season as well for what a kind of small club as well, but. Yeah, that's, what, that's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean, Eddie. You can go through these other clubs, and obviously, because we seem to cover a bigger club, Celtic Rangers, we see more of of them. Uh, but you can go through, you know, the Livingstons. You're right. Dykes has had a good season. That's why there's interest there, speculation in the papers about Rangers. Me looking at him, you know, Clacky for St. Mirren is, is left now. What a miss he's going to be. He's been absolutely terrific. Um, even my favourite goalkeeper Gillespie Motherwell who's left had a terrific season as well you can go to Hamilton Ackies the players that they've had there you can go to St Johnston as we've said about McCann Aberdeen Ferguson I think the standard this season has been very very good and I think it has been a hard pick for the sports writers but if I was having my pick on what I've watched only in what I've watched throughout the season Andrew then obviously Edward would be my pick 
Thank you to Eddie in Pulsar Park. Next up, William is a Celtic fan in Craig End. William? Hello, how are you doing? Good evening, guys. I hope you're staying safe. Yeah. You too, William. Uh, it's just uh, the young player of the year that I like to talk about and and why uh, Frimpong's not on the list. You know, I thought Frimpong made an absolute uh, bust on the scene. You know, maybe he's not played as many games, but I just think there's players on that list that have got discipline problems and the boy Cabo at Motherwell's had an outstanding season for me as well, you know, but and the boy Hickey's done really well uh, for the age that he is, but I just think that Frimpon should be on that list, you know, and, and I understand there's a short list, and I just think Frimpon's been overlooked, you know, I don't know what Gordon thinks of that. Yeah, well, you know, everybody knows my thoughts on him. I love watching the boy, I love his enthusiasm. Um, you know, since he's come on the scene at Celtic, it just he plays with a smile on his face. I think he's a terrific player. I really do. I think he's a terrific player. But William, um, it's once again it's down to the sports writers to decide, and it's very difficult when you sit down because someone, an our supporter, can come on with an our younger player. You're right. Campbell's been absolutely brilliant. So is Hickey. So is Ferguson. You know, McCann St. Johnston, um, even Tommy Wright's out showing he shouldn't be young, he shouldn't be in the young player of the year, he should be in the player of the year. So it shows you the season he had. Frimpong, maybe, I think just the lack of consistency of games might have went yeah, against him. I think he only him. played 14 games in the Premiership this season. Yeah, maybe that's where the sports writers have, have looked at that and thought, no, okay, we'll, we'll sort of uh, uh, give it to somebody like Hickey or a Campbell or Fergus McCann that's played constantly week in and week out so maybe that was the thinking behind it but hey if Frimpong was in that list I wouldn't be disagreeing with it I wouldn't be turning around saying well it shouldn't be there and I'm sure there are other young players out there that have been really really you know a bit disappointed not to be in that I think uh, the young lad at Hamilton what's it, is it Smith is it Lewis Smith yeah Lewis Smith uh, every time I've watched him he's been absolutely brilliant you know, so it's a very, very difficult uh, decision for sports writers, but it's up to them to decide. Well, thank you to William and Craig End. 01419511025. You could be on after the travel. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Helping you return to action. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Uh, we've been talking about the player of the year nominees but it is the time of year as well the awards get handed out but also when players leave clubs and certainly a, a bit more of an awkward one this time when players are not only leaving clubs but it's in the middle of a global pandemic when clubs aren't sure about their finances and players probably don't know where their next move is going to come from Yeah I think it's uh, worrying times for players um, unless you're a top player and got a few quid put back in the bank Andrew but some uh, players live in their contracts uh, month to month, pay their bills, pay their mortgages and stuff like that. So they've got families as well. Uh, and because of the situation, and obviously transfer window I think opens next week as well, and clubs won't be diving in. And I don't think they'll be going with the same size of squads. I think that players will find themselves under pressure. But the only thing f- advantage for the clubs is, if you're a manager now, and you're watching the amount of players that are leaving clubs, and they're not bad players, they're good quality players leaving clubs, whether it's down to finance or whatever, then I think there's a lot of bargains out there. Once we get up and running, and you know managers get to you know know their budget again, and they're allowed to go out there and sign a few players, I think that 
You could put up a good case for building a real good team this season. And I'm not I'm talking outside the Rangers and Celtics, obviously. I'm talking looking at the Kilmarnock's, the Livingston's, the, the, the Motherwells who are very good at it, the St Johnston's. There's a lot, of, and Hamilton who bring a lot of their younger, younger boys through. I think there's a lot of good quality out there that if you just get the right situation, you could build a real strong side this season. One of those players that has left their club is Chris Erskine, the former Livingston man. He left the Tony Macaroni Arena this week and he's been telling me how he's a bit worried about what the future holds. Yeah, it is a bit of a worry. I think um, everybody knows that uh, clubs are struggling now with, uh, with no fans in the ground and no football going on at all. So um, I think the worry is that uh, clubs are not going to have the finances to um, to take on new players and new contracts. So, yeah, it's definitely a bit of a worry. Um, I think we're all... Every player who's um, out of contract is all in the same boat just now. So um, I think in terms of when we know there's a, a, a league start date and stuff like that, that things might start moving then. But definitely just now it's a bit uh, of a worry. The lockdowns gave me a, a wee chance to kind of spend a wee bit more time um, preparing my, my personal training and, and putting a wee bit more work into it in case I, I need to do it on a more uh, permanent basis. Like I said, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with football Um and I think there could be a chance that I maybe need to go and play part-time, which is absolutely fine. So um, I think having the personal training there is, it gives me a wee bit uh, kind of extra security and uh, a bit more of an income. I mean, that is good to see that, you know, he's he's thinking ahead, he's building for a career without football, despite the fact that, you know, he, he still will have a few years left in him at the age of 33. Yeah, he was a very talented player, he still is. Uh, I think he's right. I think uh, he's very sensible thinking. Look, there's not a lot of full-time contracts left out there, especially at the age of 33. You need to be really exceptional. So he's probably thinking, right, part-time football, it gives me a game on Saturday. I can enjoy it. He'll still pick up a couple of quid. It won't be a lot, but he'll pick up and, and some money. But outside of that, I've got something that I can rely on and fall back on. And I don't think he'll be the only one. I think that you'll have found that Players will probably be looking at a lot of courses online. You even look at the lad uh, Logan at Aberdeen. He's been planning his career with the minute it finishes. He's he's training to be a plumber. You know, so it just shows you there's players thinking outside the box now because they know how difficult it is going to be to get a full-time contract. I saw that he tweeted out as well a goodbye message as players do these days to, to the fans and the club saying he'd had a wonderful time there and all you saw in the replies as you'd expect was just Partick Thistle fans one after the other saying come home, come to Firhill and when I was speaking to him earlier on today this will be good news for Partick Thistle fans he said he would jump at the chance to go back to Firhill Well in the league they're in um, obviously getting relegated but obviously we're still to talk about reconstruction this week but if it stays that way in League One I think at 33, with the experience he's got, he knows the club inside out, the fans adore him. I think he would have a lot to offer. And he said there he's now concentrating on a job outside football. So I don't think it's a case of uh, he'd be hard to deal with. I think it'd be a case of getting him in and I think he would he would give uh, Partick something back. I think that'd be a good signing for Partick. Another departure over the last few days is Aaron McGowan at Hamilton who has become a bit of a fan's favourite over the last couple of seasons. Um, he was our player of the year, fans player of the year last season as well. was a consistent performer from them. I think he even captained the side in their 1-0 win at Ibrooks just before the 
the shutdown his was a bit of a different scenario he turned down a two year deal from Hamilton he's decided he wants to go elsewhere but it looks as if he could be staying in the Scottish Premiership there's plenty of others that are out of contract like myself and but at, at, at the end of the day if I wanted if I wanted to sign somewhere and be comfortable I, I would have stayed at Hamilton you know I got off of the two year contract I would have just signed again but I believe that a new challenge is, is something that I need in this stage of my career there's been Plenty of interest shown down south in the board and obviously up here in the Premiership. So it's just about weighing my options up and seeing what's what and then take it from there with my representation. So, yeah, of course, it's a, it's a worry, but at the same time, I'm confident in myself and my ability that what I'm here and I, th- I think I'm, I'll be fine. But as you say, you, you'd be very stupid in this current time to, to sit there and think that you're 100% fine. Yeah, 100% what, what I've been hearing over the past couple of weeks, you know, without going too much into it for obvious reasons. Um, at the end of the day, I love, I love playing in Scotland. I love the league. I love the I love the fan, and, fan base and the passion that's up here. The crowds are brilliant to play in front of. And being from Liverpool and down south, I don't think it gets the credit or the coverage it deserves. We were talking there about, you know, you said you could put together a decent premiership side mm-hmm. from... So you've got, there we are, Chris Erskine, you've got Aaron McGowan, St Mirren today have released quite a few players but Vaclav Kladke who has been a very impressive goalkeeper in his time up here mm-hmm. he'll leave with immediate effect and then there's a few other names that have been kept on under the furlough scheme but will leave this summer as well those are Stephen McGinn Danny Mullen Gary McKenzie Ross Wallace Tony Andrew and Cody Cook Yeah uh, bags of players going to be there for grabs uh, just listening to young lad there he's obviously had the nudge in the right way Andrew, let's not be kidded. Uh, his agent has set up a deal the minute this is over that he's <laughs> signing. Um, but you never know what goes on in football. And so, you know, until that, until that pen's uh, signed the, the, the contract, you never know what happens. But I think he's very confident of his next club and he'll know who it is. But as you say, they're talking about St Mirren keeper as well, Clacky. I think he was absolutely brilliant for St Mirren. Now, if you're looking at situation... Say, for instance, Rangers, they need a backup goalkeeper. Would that be a case of going and trying, you know, test the water there? Would he be prepared to come and, and you know, challenge McGregor? Because McGregor will be the number one goalkeeper. But it was the same with Greg Gordon. He was the number one and, uh, and we thought, you know, he, he wasn't going to be replaced. And all of a sudden, other goalkeepers come in as well. Uh, but it's going to be interesting just to see... Once the transfer market starts, where players are starting to go, but as I said earlier, there's not going to be a lot of full-time contracts out there, and I think players now cannot be picky. I think you've got to look at the situation like Erskine and say, right, I can get a job, I'm happy with that, that's my security, I can play part-time football with a club where it'd be part of Thistle in League One and really enjoy the last few years of my career I'll be interested to see what happens with players Ladke's certainly been linked with Rangers before with Wes Fodringham leaving there's mm. Alan McGregor there you just wonder if you know Robbie McCrory had been loaned out to Livingston last season whether he maybe steps up and is the Rangers number two for next season yeah, yeah he could um, it's, it'll be interesting I don't know how the Rangers manager will be thinking um, you never know he might have something lined up as well I think that players you know the ones that are, have had a real good season. You don't leave clubs unless you're really sure that you're confident you're going to get a next full-time contract. I think there have been a bit of discussions. Obviously, clubs don't want to put themselves in a position uh, by signing players and starting to pay out money. 
But I think what will happen is there'll be agreements with some players that, look, once everything settles down and we start to get back to normal and we get some, you know, investment in and some finances in to work with, then you're you're on board. You look at, for instance, the big talking point as well, Johnny Hayes leaving Celtic, everybody would expect right back to Aberdeen. And I think he'll eventually go there. I think that's a perfect fit for Johnny Hayes. But just now Aberdeen will not commit to that. And that's Aberdeen. So I think there'll be plenty of movement in a few months' time. I saw today that Motherwell had uh, released their new away kit. I hope you've not bought it with the names Hartley, Tate or Gillespie on the back of it. No, no. I'm I'm waiting to see um, the squad before the start of the season and then I'll pick uh, my favourite name. I usually just put DL on the back. That's my favourite name. I'm quite happy with that. DL9? DL9, yeah. I can see you running about the back garden. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, uh, that's It's looking good. Still fits me. Especially <laughs> after lockdown. And then, I mean, th- those are three players that were, you know, regulars, quite influential players at Motherwell as well. Good experienced players. Um, you know, once again, there's 10 players left. Uh, once again, the manager's got to rebuild, bring in the right players, keep everything going. Uh, on a positive note you look at the season tickets as I said the fans are everything to this game and I applaud them uh, putting money in and already Motherwell season tickets are, are well up you know and, and they're not even guaranteed that they're going to sit there and watch football so well done not just to Motherwell to every club and every supporter that's helping as I keep saying that the game's nothing without the supporters but I cannot wait to get back to August and hopefully that we will be playing football whether it's behind closed doors or not just to see the difference in every squad is going to be incredible, I think, this season. One of my favourite things about the Motherwell statement was the fact that they, they'd listed the amount of pl- or the players that had been offered a contract uh, and were yet to sign a new deal. And one of them was Harry Robinson, who is Stephen Robinson's son. I would have thought that that might have been a quick negotiation between the two of them over the dinner table. but uh... Yeah, but he's in no hurry because <laughs> he's guaranteed he can sign at any time he wants. Uh, so, no, I'll be interesting, as I say, interesting times ahead. And I do feel for players at this time. Um, and I hope that they all can find their level and get a contract somewhere but it's going to be difficult well thank you for all your calls tonight I'll be back tomorrow night with Jim Duffy up next is Barry Wilkins Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors your comeback is on talktothompsons.com